Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections in the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rachel Clark and Cameron Norris. Welcome, one and all. Thank Thanks, you so Dave. much. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. But before we break open the bread of life, Cameron, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in so that we can see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and then put it into action? I love it. Yes, I'd be honored. Thank you. Father God, we come before you this morning. We thank you that you have chosen to love us first, and we invite the Holy Spirit that your presence would be with us right now and be with the people that are listening, that they would have eyes to see and ears to hear the things that you want to say to them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. And Rachel, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? Sure. Jesus said to his disciples, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. I love it when we read the scriptures and then bring it forward to today. So as Jesus speaks, he says, Jesus said to his disciples, that's you and I and each and every one of our listening audience. And I think this is really important in the first sentence. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Man, too many times I've made the mistake of sharing what somebody did with somebody else. And then the whisper on the line, it ends up getting back to that person before I've ever went and met with them. And it really takes a walk of humility to to truly confront a situation where you feel wronged, you feel sinned against, but it's so important. For me, I I avoid confrontation. I, I, I have a problem with going and sharing those woundings, but you know what? It doesn't allow healing. So for me, it's so important to go to the person who has hurt me, then ask permission, may I share something with you? And listen. And if they're open and they give you permission to share that with them, then say, Jim, this is how I feel. This is how this hurt me. You know, and and when you ask permission and they give it to you, I'm telling you, invite the Holy Spirit in first into your heart. Allow him to have you share what you're to share, to hear what you're to hear, and ask questions. Because that person more than likely never meant it the way you took it. 
was mis- misinterpreted in how you received it. And the enemy's always wanting to get in the middle between two brothers or a brother and a sister into the body of Christ to divide and conquer. So for me, whoo, Jesus, help me. <laughs> Through the grace you give us, that opportunity to be poured out upon us, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, have me ask questions and seek permission first for every situation. And wait, be not afraid, because every confrontational moment is a moment of healing if we go in with humility. So for me, man, if we do this right, it'll be a healing in the body of Christ. It'll be a healing in my own heart. So who, Lord, help me, because without you, I'm a knucklehead. I can't do it. Yeah. Amen. I love it. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that we're actually responsible for something when somebody sins against us. It says, if your brother sin against you, now here's some things that you need to do. You need to go and tell him. Then there's a responsibility if he chooses to listen, if he chooses not to listen. But I think it's important what I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit this morning is I have a responsibility that should come with um, restitution. It should come with, the idea is to restore, to restore the relationship, to restore him to right standing. If the goal is restoration, um, you can't just back away and say, look at this mess you got yourself into. I hope you can dig your way out of it. There's actually something that I need to do, and maybe I'll have those eyes to see or ears to hear what took place, and now I have a responsibility to come into the situation with hope and bring up to him. And I just love that it calls him your brother. If I think if somebody's my brother, we have the same father. And if you're my brother, then I care a lot about you. And it goes through this process. I think the goal of of the scripture isn't to say, let's narrow this down. And then, you know, ultimately there's going to be plenty of people who are going to, you know, you're going to have to treat them like a Gentile or tax collector. Honestly, just the first sentence, if your brother sinned against you and you go tell him it falls between you and him alone, that probably cures 99% mm-hmm. of the disgruntled relationships there are. It's when we get out of this, ooh, I don't want to call it a formula, but we get out of this formula. The majority of it can be handled right there. And then it gives you steps for that less than 1% for the other couple of things. But we play a responsibility when somebody else is the one sinning. Because it's not just the father that's going to bring a resolution to this. It's the community that's going to do it. Well, that and the importance of communication is really stressed in this. And the other thing, too, is you can actually continue to harbor those feelings (laughs) of anger and resentment and hurt if you don't address it with that person. So, again, like what Dave said earlier, not going around and and sharing it with other people about how hurt you are, because if you don't communicate with the person that hurt you, a lot of times, you know, they don't may not even realize they did it. They probably aren't thinking about it anymore. Uh, So even in like personal relationships, even where you're not being hurt or offended by somebody, it's important to communicate yeah. all feelings. <laughs> I, I heard, I don't know if you're familiar with Brene Brown. She has this uh, uh, power of vulnerability. She, she's, a, she's, she's a researcher, and she has this one tool that I really love. She says, anytime there's a conflict, and this is more specific for her in uh, her marriage, 
bring it up right away. And mm-hmm. the way to bring it up is here's the story I'm telling myself. And the one example she gave was she said to her husband, Hey, my mom's coming over for dinner tonight. I just so you know. And his response was, Tonight? And she goes, <laughs> Hold on, Bucko. The story I'm telling myself is I have to have dinner with your family. You're you have to have dinner with my family too. My mom's welcome here just as much as anybody else. And she she's going through this like thought process that she's having. And he says, Whoa, 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 whoa. I just mean that I have to help the kids at lacrosse practice tonight. And if she comes tonight, I'm going to miss out on dinner. Mm. So couldn't you do it tomorrow? And I'm picking up that food from the butcher tomorrow. We could have a great meal. That's why I said, oh, does it have to be tonight? (laughs) How powerful is that? If she wouldn't have said anything, he walks out of the room and she holds on to this resentment of how dare he. I mean, there wasn't an issue unless you let there be an issue. And I think that that's a tool where... In my marriage, there are times where probably every day you bring these things up and one person says something to the other. If you don't say, here's the story I'm telling myself, another way to handle it is, hey, that was kind of something more deep that we talked about. What story are you telling yourself? Because I just laid a lot out there. Oh, my word, does it clear the air so much? And it's so important, again, going back to where you're at, is what's my role before I go and seek permission and ask questions? What's my role in this story? Right. And the Lord always says, hey, Dave, put a mirror up. Let's talk about <laughs> wow. this. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know what? They may have taken it this way. They may have taken it that way. So through every situation we're involved in, it's meant for us to learn and to grow and to be purified. Right. That whole purgation process, the purging from us, that which is not of Christ, and the perfecting in us that which is of Christ. Amen. And you know, I love this down here. And I, amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven, and whatever you're loosed on earth should be loosed in heaven. And people say, whoa, I got all the authority. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Right. Christ does. That's right. But if you choose to hold on to that sin, right. if you choose to hold on to that offense, it's bound in heaven. You've chosen. And guess what? You can't enter the gates of heaven with unforgiveness in your heart. You are now chained up by your own personal choice, mm-hmm. your self-inflicted chains that you're bound in because you haven't forgiven that person. And the key to unleash those chains is Jesus Christ and the grace that he offers that says, Lord Jesus, help me to forgive. And then whatever you loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The chains are loosed. You've forgiven that person. You've prayed for that person, and it's loosed in heaven. So people take this and read this the wrong way and think that Jesus said, you got all the power. It's all about you. You could judge. You can condemn. You can do whatever. I gave you the power. No, no, no. He's the power. He's the authority. He's the key to loose the chains that we bind ourselves up in. And then the second piece is, you know, we said, you know, when, well, I want you to treat him like a Gentile, a tax collector. What? Stop. How did Jesus te- treat <laughs> tax collectors. He ate with them. (laughs) What about Gentiles? He came to save them. He cured them. So these, when you treat someone as a Gentile or a tax collector, doesn't mean you don't love them. You look at them as opportunities for you to show God's love and mercy and compassion so that they can repent and come back to Christ. You don't throw them away. See, people misread this. You got to look at the example of Jesus Christ. 
These are lost sheep when they become Gentiles. They're no longer in the flock. Well, let's go look for them. Let's go help them. Let's love them where they're at. Tax collectors, Jesus ate with them, communed with them. That's right. So, so, so don't get blinded by the enemy because what that's called is spiritual pride. Yep. I'm better than them. I said this to a pastor today. I said, Pastor, if you judged everybody and their sins and you followed his formula, there'd be nobody left in your church, <laughs> including right. you. That's right. <laughs> so, man, man, if we get this, this binding and loosing, it's not your personal power trip, your own spiritual pride. It's a gift from God, and the gift is Jesus Christ. He's the key to the chains. We put the chains on, the chains of unforgiveness. And then, as you shared, Rachel, that root of bitterness starts. And then we become toxic in the way we treat our spouse, our children, our friends. And that's got to get purged. That's got to get out because eventually it'll kill the soul. It'll kill the heart. So for me, man, Lord Jesus, you are the key. And I want all, all the things that I've held in unforgiveness to be loosed and set free. And then the greatest gift of love I can give those people who have hurt me is to pray for them, heaping the hot coals of God's love on them so that guess what? They can be saved and we can enjoy eternity with them in heaven. Yeah. And not to mention too, if you carry on in Matthew into the next verses after the gospel today, you know, well, how many times do I need to forgive? Continuously over and over again, we are called to forgive and to love and to respond with love and not judgment, which I mean, is not always the easiest thing to do. It's easy to respond with your own feelings and your own desires and your own anger, uh, but constantly reminding yourself to respond with love to another child of God and look at them in that childly view that Dave always talks about. It's so much, so much good wisdom there. It's a good way to look at somebody because you can easily get caught up in your anger towards them or whatever it is that they're doing. But if you look at them as a child of God, a creation of God, it'll change your, your outlook. It's so important to have the spiritual eyes to look past the sin and see the child. So Mother mm -hmm. Teresa did so greatly. Right. She didn't judge by your faith belief. Yep. She didn't judge by your actions. She didn't judge by your physical appearance. She looked through the sin, looked through the appearance, and saw the precious son or precious daughter of God the Father. You see, for anybody to think that Satan can create a child, that's a lie. Satan is a created creature. He mm. is a being. He's not a God. He can't knit a soul to a body. He can't form a body in the womb of a, of, of a woman. Every human being, all 7.8 hum, million human beings in the world, were created in the image and likeness of God. God created the soul. He knitted, knitted it to the body in the womb of the mother. They're all children of God. Lost as we are, <laughs> that is a truth, but they're all seeking that relationship with God in so many different ways. And we're called to be the lights that say, hey, whoa, here's the way. Here's the truth. And his name is Jesus Christ. So for me, these opportunities to share truth with love in all humility are opportunities to be an instrument to be used by God in the salvation of souls for all eternity. Claim it, name it, claim it, and live it every day. God wants to use you. Amen. Amen. Share the truth. Don't share your judgment. <laughs> there you go. That's profound. I'm you're right. On it. And if he's truth and you're sharing truth, you're sharing him. Yeah. And if he's love and you're sharing love, you are sharing him. Yeah. And you can't divide the two. Right. Too many people want to take the Bible and whack people over the head <laughs> with it and say, here's the truth. Ah, you're living in sin. Whack, whack. Excuse me. Was that delivered in love? Because when you try and divide, yeah. 
Truth from love, you're trying to divide Christ. He's both fully and completely. So it's so important for us in all humility to wield that sort of truth, which is the word of God, like the precision surgeon, so that it's meant to pierce through bone and marrow to pierce the heart with God's truth, not my knowledge, not my ideas or my opinion. Right. So God's word is what doesn't come back void. So it's so important as we share, we help people, we share God's word and ask permission, ask questions of them. Jesus taught by asking questions. Don't judge and don't take up an offense. Right. Yeah. Read the book, The Bait of Satan. You take up an offense, he got you. He's got a portal into your heart and he's got you. You're right. Yep. And if there's two plans, one in your left hand, one in your right hand, and one of them, the goal of the plan is unity, and the other one, the goal of the plan is division. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you have to be too insightful of who inspired which plan. I, obviously, God's call to us is unity, and there's, there's an opposition to that plan, and it's division. And it, it doesn't matter if you just take half of truth without love or some love without truth. It's, it's not good. You, you, you really need them both. I'm looking at the second half of this. I circled a couple of the words here. If two of you agree on earth about anything, and then I'll skip a little bit farther, and it says, where two or three are gathered in my name, doesn't that, doesn't that give us a mandate right there? Find two, find two or three people that will agree on earth as it is in heaven, and to bring it before the Father in the name of Jesus. I, I think this is like, to me personally, I'm feeling this mandate, find two people, find two or three people, gather together in the name of Jesus and agree on earth as it is in heaven. It's telling us to pray for these things. Jesus isn't throwing out this lofty idea, if two of you will agree here on earth and you'll get together and you'll pray my heavenly father will grant it to you. He's not saying, hey, this is like an extra credit thing if you want to get around to doing it. I think he's saying, if you have a love for your community, find somebody, get together and say, on earth as it is in heaven for this community, for this organization, for this church, for this group of people, for this school, for this family. I I think this is like, we talked about the beginning of it, like a formula or a recipe. The second half of it, I feel like it's the same thing. If you can get the three people in this room gathered together in the name of Jesus, it's saying he is in the midst with them. And he says, come to me in prayer and it shall be granted to you. I think we have to find out what heaven is praying over a people group, a community, a business. Get those people together and pray it in. I think he's waiting to answer those things. I think it's so important also as believers, you know, and people that are, that have given their all in for the Lord to realize that we're called in our uniqueness to be Christ in the world, that God created us in his image and likeness. And St. Paul says it so beautifully. He says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. When we get that, you got to read what this says. You know, if two of you agree on earth for anything for which we are to pray, right? Because it's not my wants, my idea, my thoughts. It's Jesus Christ in me who is uniting with the Jesus Christ in the others gathered with me 
for what we should be praying for. And then it'll be granted to them by who? My heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered here in my name. It's not Dave Abel saying, here's what I want. Because at the end of the day, Jesus Christ shows us how to pray. We're called to knock, to seek, to ask, to be to persevere in that. Don't grow weary, but always surrendered to the will of the Father. Jesus' prayer, the Garden of Gethsemane, he's going to go to the cross. He says, Father, if it's possible, let this chalice, this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, but your will be done. You see, when we gather together in two or three, it's Christ who's with us in our midst, who's praying to his heavenly Father in us, with us, and through us. And Jesus Christ always prays one thing, to do the will of the Father. Mm -hmm. He came to this earth for one reason, to do the will of the Father. He tells us he speaks only what the Father instructs him to speak. You see, so as you pointing back to you, Rachel, as we gather as precious sons and daughters of the Father, Jesus says, when he teaches us to pray, our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ who lives in us, with us, and through us, we cry, Abba, Father. And then what is the intention of the heart? And it's always other-centered, not self-centered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the Lord says, you have not because you ask not. So again, continually persevere in prayer, knock, seek, ask, but always surrender to the will of the Father. Because then how can you be disappointed? That's right. Because not for me. You know, I've, I've, I've run into situations where we've prayed for someone and people say, oh, but they died. Well, no, God answered our prayers. They're healed, but they're healed in heaven. They're fully restored. Yeah. In heaven, our prayers were answered because we're surrendered to the will of the Father. If he's choosing that cancer or that whatever to bring their his precious son or daughter home, who are we to say, no, no, Father, I'm not done with them. They're my buddy. That's my child. That's my mother. I want them here. Hey, come on, leave them here. You see that whole idea of surrendering to the will of the Father sets us free. Not my will be done, but your will be done. Amen. And I recently uh, read a very powerful message that talked about uh, divisiveness uh, being a threat and that we need to recognize it for what it truly is. And it works against a community or a country, even like what we're going through in the United States as a whole. And we were founded as many people are in relationships and ideals of godly principles. And even though the waters are being muddied, we need to go back to those principles and not allow everyday divisiveness because that is of the devil. He's going to try to divide and conquer any way that he can to overtake our lives and stand and hold on the principles of our faith and what we stand for and continue to pray and not lose hope. One of the things that, so we're in an election year and uh, we are <laughs> and yeah you turn on any kind of tv or radio and you hear ads one side bashing the other side this is just uh something maybe for our listeners it's definitely something that i i like to do whoever the person is whether it's somebody you like and you're looking forward to voting for or somebody you don't like and you're looking forward to a conversation with people where you can bash them ask the question Father, how do you see that person? 
And if you spend time with that, how does he see that person as somebody that he created for a divine purpose and destiny to change this world, to advance the kingdom of heaven? And then you start praying those things and you get two or three people together to pray those things out. That's the change. That's where we're going to see things happen. That's powerful. And every one of those are opportunities to love. That's right. Mm -hmm. But we have a choice. Put on the negative glasses and and get we in a group. Things. Get in a group where ah, boy, we're all for this Sit person or we're all for that person. Yeah, yeah. and we're bashing them. The yeah. enemy sitting right next to us, going, "Yeah, look what he said there. Yeah. Look what she did there. Look at that tweet. Hey, look yeah. at that. Yeah, stop it. Yeah. You're in the enemy's camp, sitting at his campfire. You're right. And if you don't think Satan can use you, if you think you're holier than thou, <laughs> my friend, you're lost. Peter, right? Imagine that. Yep. Gets awarded the keys to the kingdom. Yep. Jesus says, Adam boy. Peter, man, he puffs up. He's good to go. And the very next verse, Jesus says, Get behind me, Satan. Yeah. But what he didn't say is, Hey, Peter, you're a knucklehead. Get behind me. Right. He identified that Satan had got in and used Peter through pride yeah. to tell Jesus, tell God what to and not to do. Yeah. You know, you know, no, you're not going to go to Jerusalem, Lord. You're not going to be this. Stop. Satan can use any of us, and spiritual pride is one of his most diabolical methods to slip on in. You're really good. They really liked what you said. You <laughs> saved that person. Yeah, look at me. Woo! Yeah. Righteous me. Yep. Immediately after. One other re- reflection about uh, politics. If uh, if there's a group of friends that, let's just say you you lean to one side or the other, and you're with people that lean towards the other side. So uh, I enjoy it when somebody knows my stance on something and they bring up in favor of the opposition. Um, what a incredible opportunity. If you want to see a person like melt to putty, it's a beautiful thing to say, I love that. Let's pray for that leader right now. I, I think that he has a call on his life or she has a call on her life that could send this country into a trajectory like it's never been before. I think that they, oh my, yeah. like somebody's getting ready to try to butt heads. They throw the first punch and you say, wow, God loves them so much. Let's just thank God for them. It's the proverbial turn the other cheek. You know, God's ways are not our ways. And so the more we can be attuned, to the Holy Spirit in our life, to His promptings, to being a vessel of His mercy, compassion, and love, the more perfectly we'll reflect Jesus Christ. God bless each and every one of you. Be the world changer He's called you to be. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. 
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.